Hello everyone, my name is Gareth Bayliss, I'm the sales manager at the Ice House and welcome to another Ice House podcast. Um, I'm lucky to have Mr. Aaron Jay with me. Hi Aaron. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, I was going to start off with a gag. What do you get if you get two Englishmen from the south of England in a room for half hour? Um, you get swearing, a lot of rubbish chat and some beers. So, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> uh, Aaron and I are lucky enough. Well, Aaron's lucky enough to have worked with me for the last, what, five years now at the Ice House? I haven't been counting. It's just too long like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron owns a business called Haltus down in Blenheim. And um, Haltus are one of our best clients over the years in the sense of how much activity you've had with us and you believe in what we do and we love working with you so we feel very fortunate to have you on the podcast today so just get ready I'm going to be nice to you throughout this whole time so it's going to be a bit weird because <laughs> not based on our normal relationship but um can you start at the beginning I guess from who who you are talk, tell us a bit about Aaron and how you ended up in in New Zealand and in Marlborough owning horses yeah no worries anything for you Gareth you know that um so I'm a I'm a I'm a proud to be a father of two beautiful daughters a husband a brother a son an uncle occasionally an auntie depending on the time of the day what day of the week it is. Um, I'm also the managing director of Hordus, which um, I took over ownership of in 2009. Um, it was established for about seven months before that. Um, previously known as Marlborough Wineworks. I'm also the co-founder and director of a company called Tato. Um, I'm a Pomkey, dad's English, mum's a Kiwi. Spent the first 21 years of my life in England. Now I've been in 21 years this year. So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty excited about that. That's it. Life's pretty good. Enjoy New Zealand. I love it here. It's a beautiful place. Certainly better than the shit I grew up in. Um, <laughs> I've just, that's quite nicely timed because I realised my background was blurred and then I've unblurred it. And I'm in one of the meeting rooms at the Ice House here in Auckland in Parnell. And I'm in London. So behind me is, is Big Ben and, and stuff. I just thought we might make us reminisce a little bit. But... Not really. We both live here now. Can you blur? Can you blur you and put yourself on? Tried you? that. I've tried that. Yeah, my wife keeps asking, but it hasn't worked out so far. But yeah. Um, so when you bought Hortus in two thousand and nine, I mean, it's massive. I mean, it's been probably quite a whirlwind for you in that all of that time. You've grown it massively, and you've done in, you know insanely well. Uh, what does the career journey look like? So how many did how many staff was it when you started off? Uh, we started off with me and a guy called Ant Moore, um, primarily servicing his blocks. We had, uh, on day one, we had um, four of us, five of us, uh, seven, I think we had six or seven pairs of second tiers in a van. And um, fast forward to now, 14 years old, um, might be today actually, yeah, I think it's 14 years old today. Wow. Out, no? so that's pretty cool. Um, Congratulations. Cheers. Cheers. Hey. <laughs> um, I think now we've got a little over 70 permanent staff. Um, we're about to open up in Hawke's Bay and Bay of Plenty. Um, we have 
upwards of 1200 staff over a 12 month period at the moment but that will soon grow pretty quickly immobile we've got a very low unemployment um so in hawks bay and bay of plenty we envisage having a, a you know a strong contingent of um, kiwis as opposed to a lot of our workers at the moment are pacifica so um our business is built around the IRC scheme. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Well, we never really talked on that, and I should have mentioned it, is what started out as a contracting business is now a business for success. So what I mean by that is, originally when we started Marble Vineworks, and then even in 2013 when we branded it with Hordas, we were, uh, we were a labour company that specialised in viticulture. That was it. And... People joined Hordus and they became a worker and they worked in one of those teams and they became a team member of those teams and they developed and they grew and they turned into the Joshes and Mikeys and so on and so forth. Okay. Over the few the next few years, I realized actually that's the vehicle that we use to achieve what our goal is. The objective of Hordus is to allow everybody to achieve their success. So yes. that's actually what drives our business. We want everybody to achieve their version of success. How we do it is by providing machinery, by providing labor, by providing technical experience around running orchards, vineyards, or accommodation. That's how we do it. That's the vehicle. But actually, our business is quite simply about people achieving their success. Yeah, amazing. Um, and you've got the space there. And it, well, you might, do you want to talk a little bit about Tato as well? Because that's, that came to what, three years old, is that? No, through the bit. Oh, it's almost five actually. So originally, Tato was designed in-house as a tool that we wanted in in Hordus um, to give transparency between the field and the office. So the you know try and build up the trust between the employer and the employee. Not that there wasn't any trust, but it's just the biggest issue employers and employees have generally is around wages and fair pay and transparency, especially when you're getting paid piece rate. And what I mean by piece rate is the more you do the more you get paid. You've got minimum wage or living wage as a buffer, um, but anything you earn above that is what you get paid. So, excuse me, I've got beer burps. Um, yeah, so for us, um, we wanted to speed up the process as well. And our best people weren't necessarily leaders because a lot of them, um, English is a second or third language. They don't necessarily know how to write or read particularly well. Um, so this tool just simplifies all of that. So the best people end up running the crews you know, true leadership skills as opposed to what we would consider traditional management or, you know, academic skills. So we don't rely on those so much anymore because of Tato. So yes, it's been an incredibly powerful tool. It's changed our business quite simply in, in that we are able to predict our growing seasons out exactly to the day, the number of people we want, to the hour that we're going to be able to do things. Horses for courses, where to put the right people in the right jobs, make sure they earn the most money, have the biggest impact on their families, their communities. And our business, but a good outcome for the start, uh, the client as well. So, all in all, a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty wicked bit of kit. Um, I can't take any credit for it at all. Um, the team that run that, and Amy, my cousin, who designed it, along with another guy called James, um, they've done incredibly well. We've now got a guy called Sydney running it, and to be perfectly honest, mate, it's uh, it's all a little bit too much for my tiny wee brain, and I just leave them to it and let them get on with it. It's, separate company now and they're doing really really well very proud think, of them i think your humility is something one of your better strengths so yeah often when you meet you you say oh it's not me it's the team and stuff but let's be honest you've, you've grown an amazing business there and the reason you're on this podcast is you did the owner manager program 
I can't remember what number it was. Uh, seven, 27. 27, yeah. So how long ago was that? I don't know, what's that, 12 years ago? Yeah. Um, something like that, yeah. And um, she did that 12 years ago, but how was that? Was there a reason for you doing it at that time? Did you know someone had done it? How did you become a part of our network? Uh, well, I knew someone, they didn't know me necessarily at the time, but um, actually what happened was the bank manager, the local bank manager, a guy called Joe Walker, who's now um, works for one of our competitors, ironically, but he um, he's a top bloke and he really supported me in the business at the time, he was our BNZ. Uh, bank manager, he pushed me to do the course. Um, so uh, I procrastinated for probably 12 months, didn't really have the confidence, really didn't feel like the business was really up to it. Um, the more I researched, the more I found out about it, the more I realized it was for more established business, or at least I felt it was. Um, I was at a uh, Achieving Business Growth program with you guys. I think it's a two or three day one. Oh, it was back then and yeah. um that's actually how i met steve Doki and uh duncan mcfarlane the ceo of um, indivin was there and he was talking about the owner manager program and the impact it had on his life and um given his story and what he's done that was a big statement and he's not one to say things for shits and giggles so i mm. thought well maybe i should give this a whirl jumped on it and um here we are so I mean, obviously, you can't put it all down to the ICLs, but um, I think the ICLs certainly had a major part to play. And one of the biggest things for me was um, on the day turning up, I was shitting bricks. I was like, mate, this is not me. This is not for a boy like me. You know, I was 30 years old at the time, didn't know shit from clay. And um, the business was really just starting to establish itself. And here I was in a room with a bunch of people, a lot of them quite, quite a bit older than me. Most of them were a lot older than me. And, really established businesses, well-dressed, very smart, highly intelligent people. And I was like, I have truly fucked this up. Like <laughs> <laughs> money to be here and I'm yeah, not meant to be. On, yeah, they saw me coming. And um, <laughs> so anyway, I was looking for the exit door, started listening to a few people introducing themselves, quickly realized they all had the same problems as me. They all probably felt the same as me. Yeah. Regardless of sex, gender, you know, religion, creed, whatever, everyone was having the same issues on a different day and um didn't matter about the size of the business or anything like that. Very quickly I realised actually I could relate to these people probably better than most because they knew exactly what I was going through. Like yeah. they genuinely knew. And the best thing was they were older than me. So they um they'd been down this well trodden path for many years and they were able to tuck me firmly under their wing and give me some bloody good advice, which they still are to this day. Yeah, the um, the cohort's massive, and everyone who goes on the programme eventually thinks that they have one of the best cohorts. But luckily, everyone has a good cohort because they're always good people on it. So, um, yeah. network of, from we get there. You mentioned Stephen Doki. So, people who don't know Stephen Doki, Stephen were, um, uh, was, unfortunately, we lost him this week. Um, he passed away on Tuesday and so he was a friend of both Aaron and mine um, he was a partner with the Ice House and he was the insurance broker for Aaron but he's done both quite a lot for both of our businesses um, he's a good bloke so yeah we um, that was part of the when I first met you as an introduction from Doki obviously you were an Ice House alumni anyway but he said oh you should go see Aaron you know that was one of the first things he said to me 
and so we pop down and then the rest is history but yeah cheers to Stephen if he's watching us he's a great guy Um, he's also done the owner manager program as well he's um you know live it as live it as what was he one of his sayings you know do as you expect you know so if he's getting people he was encouraging people to do the owner manager program so he knew that he had to do it as well and that helped him he had a firm belief in building good leaders because good leaders build good businesses and good businesses build good communities and i 100 percent wholeheartedly believe in that statement yeah. And I think that's his legacy, to be honest. It's something that we're embracing here. So now he's a legend, mate. He's a good man. Shame he was an Aussie. He wasn't too bad for an Aussie. He's the only person who I've really kind of warmed to calling me a fat Aussie prick, a fat pommy prick. You know, yeah. I was looking through emails this week, reminiscing about our times. And, you know, we talk every day. I still think he's going to call me today, if I'm honest. And um, but I was looking through some of the emails. He introduced me to someone who he wanted to do the owner-manager program. And he started off by saying, I apologise that I'm introducing you to a fat Aussie prick, a uh, fat pommy prick, but trust me, he's going to help you to get on the owner-manager program. And I, I think that was Hamish Ryan or someone like that who ended up doing the program. But um, yeah, it was an interesting way to introduce people, but he did yeah, it. Yeah, it says what you've got. Yeah. So, I mean, your business has grown quite, quite a lot. I mean, I think that, you know, if you think about when you first walked into that room and you felt a little bit like you shouldn't be there, I think a lot of owners do that on the owner management program. They walk in there and go, they feel a little bit like they've got this, they don't deserve to be in the room, you know, but everyone has to be over three mil in turnover. That's a fundamental rule of the program. So everyone deserves to be there. But was there things that you were challenged by at that time that made you do it? Or was it just you needed to deal with the growth that you was having? I suppose it's a case of you don't know what you don't know again. I don't know many other providers and ones I looked up didn't really relate. You guys look modern, sharp, clean, crisp. You know, I was talking to Nina at the time, which was a young up, get, go, get her type girl and, or woman. And um, there was no bullshit. There's a lot of alignment. So when I was talking, I mean, in all honesty, at the time I was questioning whether I should be even in business. So. I was like, am I cut out for this? I don't know if I am. And, um, and I looked at all these courses, and they were three months, six months, a year, uh, huge amount of time. I was working 18 hours a day at the time, yeah. and I was like, fuck, how can I do one of these courses? Yeah. And um, so when she was like, it's three days, I mean, she literally forced me to do it in the end. It was like, just called bullshit on me. She's like, I'm just signing you up. And I was like, ah, fuck it. What's the worst that can happen? You know, um, and that's kind of, it wasn't, I don't know if it was me choosing the ice house. I felt like it was probably the ice house choosing me a wee bit. Good. There's a quote. No, I just knew that um, I was lucky enough. I did my life apprenticeship growing up. I left school when I sit well, a month after my 16th birthday. And um, I ended up working for some pretty good businesses. And I learned some things along the way that at the time felt like a waste of time. But when I eventually went out on my own, I realised actually that was effectively my apprenticeship into business ownership. So worked for Lloyds Bank, learned a lot about investment, learned a lot about money, a lot about finance, lending, loans. I managed to get my loans probably when I wasn't really entitled to it. Um, you know, I, learned, I went night shift, I was working in insurance companies. Um, I did a lot of sales and marketing uh, for a company over there as well. So very quickly, I got some really good skills together um, that became quite useful years, years later. So for me, um, 
when I went on the course, I was very aware of that. I am still aware that there's a lot I don't know, and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I was like, I need, I need support if I'm serious about this. Um, I should mention that um, when we decided to do this, Renee, my wife, was heavily pregnant with our first daughter, and she was born two days after we actually started working. So the company started two days later. She was born. So, um, you know, we had a, you know, a mortgage at the time. Interest rate was, you know, ten percent or something. We had no money, and the baby here. So I thought, well, time to put my head down and crack on because this is what it looks like. So, um, you know, I think we managed to establish ourselves pretty quickly in the first year or two, and then started to build up a little bit of a buffer. Twenty-five grand at the time to do this course was a lot of money, even flying up and down to Auckland because all of mine were in Auckland. Yeah. That was quite scary in itself. I was like, shivers, you know, this is, sometimes it was costing 800 bucks from Blenheim up to Auckland. Mm. Just, you know, and I was like, far out, can I really afford this? And anyway, you, I couldn't afford not to do it. You know, by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, this is money well spent. And the problem was for me, when I did the course, you take it, it was relevant at the time. And um, Liz Wotherspoon's often cooked, said I'm, I'm a bit like a sponge. So I take a lot of information in. I don't really know what I'm taking in. I just know at some point I'm going to have to use it. So I was lucky, <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough that, um, that I'm also dyslexic, so I've got a pretty good memory. Um, people tend to have a strong memory because you don't, I don't learn words, I remember them. So I have to, I don't, it's very difficult for me to, what well, used to be very difficult for me to articulate my thoughts, especially in written form. Yep. So for me, I could just sit there, take all this information in, digest it and pro, you know, sort of uh, in, in my own way. And then years, like even now, I'm still ref referring on a few of those notes that I've taken. So um, it was scary, but, you know, it was, um, no, it was awesome. If I did the course again now, I would take out as much, if not more, because I'd go in there immediately at a high level. High level. So yeah. at the time, the thing that I needed probably the most was confidence, and that's exactly what I got out of it. Um, yeah. I know I've got a whole bunch of other things, don't get me wrong, but when you're hearing super smart people, you know, highly intelligent, highly motivated, highly successful people telling you you've got something good here, you just need to stop being a pussy and suck yeah. it up. Yeah, I'm a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, you know. And I, I don't have anyone else that I was getting that advice from. Um, so there was no one else giving me this really good, cold, hard face advice that I could relate to. That's great. You, um, yeah, I think you are a bit of a sponge. Unfortunately, you remember the bad things about me that then you bring up in front of people that's embarrassing. So, yeah. <laughs> No, not that on air, thanks. This is going viral. Um, well, I hope it goes viral. So since you did finish the owner manager program and then a few years later, I come on the scene and I remember in the first year of me working here, you put, I think, four people through our leadership program. You'd already previously put a couple through. Um, and so after the OMP, you haven't stopped working with us, which is amazing. And we hope that that obviously doesn't finish, helping us continue the growth. And you've got a lot of people starting in the Hawks Bay who are going to need support in the future, you know, just saying. Uh, but you obviously believe in what we do. Is, it, is there a reason, is there something that's kept you with us on the way? Because yeah. 
Yeah, well, the previous person to you was a lady called Nina. She was really good, and Raven's great, Liz is great. I mean, you're a bit of a twat, to be honest, but everyone else is awesome. So that's why we keep coming back, and I can give yeah. you plenty of shit. So, that no, why you don't ring me anymore. Because <laughs> you don't answer, you toss her. Um, <laughs> uh, like, uh, yeah, now we've, we've sent over 10 people on the LDP, two and I'm a manager myself, and, and Josh. Well, OMX, and the reality is you learn a lot. Um, you learn a lot, you grow a massive, you, you turn up and then instantly you've got a network of people that are very similar minded, if not the same. Highly motivated, well organized, um, people that are looking for accountability, looking for ownership, looking to influence, and looking to have a positive impact in businesses and their communities. So immediately you're aligned with a bunch of really, really cool people and then obviously then you learn a whole bunch of things that maybe you weren't aware of or privy to and especially on the LDP you've got people that are very much subject matter experts in their businesses but they end up getting a high level view of maybe other parts of the company or different aspects of the business so immediately you just open their eyes to other things because when you're at work you're working you know as much as you want to try and create opportunity for growth and exposure for people it has to be very deliberate and sometimes when you're very busy, it's hard to be deliberate in terms of training and, and exposure. A lot of the times you have a meeting and you go, oh shit, we should have included Gareth in that. Uh, or, you know, do you know what I mean? So this way they're doing that and then they're coming back and challenging you about being involved in more. Yeah. And that, I think it actually, I think that's a really good way of empowering your staff. So for us, I think it's all of those things that add a huge amount of value and it really... Um, works nicely against our values and allows our staff to really have that ownership that they're looking for. Yeah, it feels, I mean, obviously what, what works, we feel works quite well is that often you get an owner manager do the OMP and then the leader does the LDP and then all of a sudden you and the, the person on the leadership program and the owner's done the OMP start to talk a similar language about hopefully driving the business forward and starting to work on it rather than in it continually the whole time. and. Being someone who got luckily promoted here at the Ice House and then I got put through the LDP, what it definitely did for me is it made me understand other things away from sales. I'm a sales manager. I know sales, but, you know, thinking about planning for the future, the financials of the business, things I just wouldn't normally have ever done. Mm. You now I can speak at a higher level with with Liz and with our operations director, etc. Um, is it, is that, would you say that that's probably the best point of having someone go through the LDP or having multiple touch points work with the ice house as well as yourself that you started talking a similar language and you've got a similar drive yeah 100 percent. i mean yes and no because we spend a lot of we when we recruit we spend a huge amount of effort at the beginning of the process to make sure we get really good people um, we haven't got time to to waste on people that don't fit um in I think what we find is the people that we interview, their intentions are awesome. Everyone's a great person, just not everyone necessarily great for orders. When they come away from LDP, I think the biggest thing for me is they already had the alignment, they already had all the core attributes, hence why we made the investment to send them up there. Uh, but the thing is when they come back, one of the biggest thing is for me is understand risk, they understand what the owners are doing, uh, maybe a little bit more detail. They've now got a whole nother, as opposed to me telling someone I've just secured my house against the loan to buy X, Y, Z or whatever, whatever. Um, they're now looking at it and hearing it from other people. Um, and sometimes there's other owners in there, so they get another perspective. 
around yeah. the same thing. So I think there's that they so because I don't share that a lot of these things. I don't want people to worry about. I want them to be very focused on the business. We're outcome driven. Let's let's focus on where we're going as opposed to, you know, the potential risks. Um, so yeah, they, they become a lot more. Um, understanding around what owners do or don't do and why they don't do what they don't do or whatever, the, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Also, you get that, that network's massive. Oh, you know, I sat in the room, you know, 25 other leaders from around the country and, you know, first year in this role, there was a few uh, things that I wanted to achieve or wanted to kind of address and I didn't really know how to do it and it was actually... Um, um, the chap down in Aitken Joinery down who was on the leadership program with me and he was the he was, I think he was the sales manager or the GM of Aitken Joinery um, and I, I don't know if I should mention him I won't mention him he knows who he is he's a he's a good guy but I then was away from the ice house I didn't have to ask anyone about the ice house about these issues and I started talking to him about it so that network for me was immense it was amazing and you said it earlier about the network from the owner manager program but then he said omx which is another way of meeting other owners and then you've been to the ice house conference a few times and that's all just meeting new business owners from around the country um yeah exactly i mean yeah the power of the network's huge um and one of the things we've always done is we deliberately haven't sent two people on the same course we've done it once uh, but there was a, there was a reason why we did that but yeah. other, otherwise everybody else has gone on their own course Otherwise, you send two people, there's 24 in the room, they've now got effectively a network of 11 each. Yeah. Um, whereas if one goes, they've got a network of 23 or 22 or whatever the number is, you know. So for me, it's much better. And if they if they want that course together, they stick together, they might sit together, they have breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner together. They influence each other without even realizing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's much better for them to go. And if we've got an issue in, in, inside of orders and we're like, oh, actually, we're not too sure. You know, we've got 12 of us that can reach out to a network of, you know, a couple of hundred people and get another perspective. And they're in pretty much 90 times out of 100. They'll all respond with, you know, pretty, really, you know, pretty honest, um, you know, good advice. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, that, that in itself is powerful. But not also forgetting to, it's all really good meeting the people on the course that have paid to be on the course, but you meet the likes of... Raywin, Liz, Chris, Dahl, Deb, Joe, yeah, you, um, others. <laughs> you know, so it's pretty cool as well. You don't actually meet me on the course. I just make you go or make, get my team to make you go and then, and then leave it. it. But yeah, you're right. And they're a mate, you know, they've been around for many years. We feel lucky that Liz says it all the time. But you know, I'm thankful that Liz continues to want to play in our sandpit as well as all of the others. And we can get amazing expert speakers to talk about all different things throughout all of our programs. But, you know, the core uh, people that are still here, that it's amazing that they're still with us and, and will continue to be, which is good. So, I mean, thinking about business owners, um, is there anything in the current climate, something that you, you know, if you used to meet someone for the first time and they've, they're starting up some, you know, a business similar, not a competitive, but similar business, what advice would you think you would want to give them or you'd like to hear if you were 10 years ago? Yeah, I think um, I thought about this um, a little bit because I've had this question posed to me a few times and, I, and I've kind of got it down to two phrases now. People will agree or disagree, but it, you know, it's, that's my perspective. But I think 
when you're going out on your own, if you're really serious about a business, and what I mean by serious is having a really good, um, building a really strong business, a sustainable business, has meaningful impact. Not a, not a non-for-profit, but a profit for good. If you want a business that has a genuine impact in people's lives, and you can grow a strong, sustainable business, these, to me, are the two core things. Um, learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable, and you've got to be consciously selfish to be sustainably generous. And I was over generous, ran out of money, done all these things. It wasn't a case of giving the money away, being willy nilly. It was a case of just trying to be a good bastard. And the reality is, sometimes you just you've got to be a little bit more selfish to build up a strong business, so you're there for the long haul. Otherwise, yeah. you give it all away, and you, you've got nothing, and that's the end of it. And yeah. then you don't employ anyone. And as, as a business that employs 1,400 plus people, um, you know, we've got some serious responsibilities now that we didn't anticipate when we, you know, were sitting around the dining table doing the pastelets the first week. Um, so, yeah, so for me, they're the two main ones. Learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, got to be consciously selfish to be sustainably generous. Amazing. And so your the future for Haltus is growing again, moving up 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 to the North Island. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of our goals is to have the biggest impact that we possibly can in our communities and the communities that we recruit from. Uh, we believe that we're a good business. We believe we're doing business for the right reasons. Um, our clients, I think, agree, and they seem to be pretty happy with what we're doing. And when I say clients, I really mean partners. Without them, we actually don't have a business. In our mind, we've got two customers, one we pay, one we invoice. Um, if we look after those two, within, uh, then we're in pretty good, pretty good stead. So um, we've got a lot of people in the business, in hoarders, that want to grow, that want to develop, that want to that you know, keep moving ahead. And in Marlborough, we're always gonna be, there's always going to be some form of restriction um, because there's predominantly one industry, one region. So we want to push and develop in hauled us into new regions. So yeah, we're in Hawke's Bay this year, we'll be in Bayapinti this year, we'll be in kiwi fruit, apples, pears, squash, um, pushing further, pushing harder, learning new things. Um, we're providing accommodation at, at what they consider a national uh, level, you know, in terms of the top standard around our seasonal workers. So building more really state-of-the-art accommodation for these workers as they, as they you know, um, travel to New Zealand for a moment in time so yeah no it's um, pretty exciting and you know this year i think we're gonna we're gonna go again one big jump another big move um and then from there i suppose we'll start looking further afield again because quite seriously we develop a strategy for growth and then we turn around and ask our staff what they want then we build their their success into our into our strategy and then we try and find a balance of of trying to achieve all of that so yeah it's pretty exciting right now Oh, it's amazing. And I think, you know, what you've done, you should take stock and be proud. And it's great that you're on that next stage of growth. And you said something there that really resonated with me is that, you know, seeing clients as partners. And, and I think that we try to do that. And we feel fortunate and a privilege when people sign up to the OMP. But someone like yourself, who's gone on the journey of growing a business and had us as a partner on the way through and investing in the team through using us, you know, we feel stupidly privileged to be a part of the horse journey as well and i do too i mean i remember what three and a bit years ago coming down to the 10-year anniversary and i mean it was a bloody great night but just 
seeing the effect that you as an owner and you have to take ownership of this Aaron that you, what you personally have had on those people was amazing um, and that that's continued and now you've got the new leaders doing that within the region so good on you mate I think it's amazing what you've done and um, you know not just a client a friend so thanks very much for doing this today uh, you know I should say you're not comfortable doing this kind of stuff this is why we said we'd have a beer um, and so I think you've done bloody good do you think you've done all right Oh, I don't know, mate. We'll find no, out. Sure it might not make the website, to be fair. <laughs> the team here will soon tell me. Look at that, I can guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, love your work, mate. Really appreciate everything you've done. And thank you for for being you and helping us on doing this podcast today as well. So cheers, bud. Oh, my pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thanks to everybody there. And also I should mention... Um, Andy Hamilton, he actually had a big influence on me. He's been a really good bastard over the years. Good advice, honest advice. David Irving, Peter Lucas, you know, Emmett Hobbs, Rex Howe, all those guys, mate, honestly, they had a huge influence on all of us. Uh, probably the biggest one is Peter Lucas when he asked me if I was a vineyard contracting company or a labour provider. And that question really changed the company because at the time we were called Mobile Vineworks and we quickly changed it to Hordas. Had we stayed mobile vine works, would we be expanding into new crops, into new regions? Probably not. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's um, a big thanks to everybody. Can't forget those guys. Oh, and, and you know, not just to do another selling point, but that's the point of it. Get yourself out of there and to start talking and being questioned by people externally is, is the reason we still exist to this day. And not only saying that, the referrals, people who refer us work is amazing. And you are one of the biggest referrers of people to do the owner manager program. Um, if you wanted it, you could have had probably 300 cases of wine by now, but you don't necessarily want it because you're, you're, uh, you've got a lot of wine. So we ask other stuff of you and get you to do podcasts instead. So cheers. I do buy you occasional beers. I didn't buy you that beer you're having today. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Thanks again, buddy. Appreciate it a lot. Take care. Look after yourself. Love to play. You too, mate. Thanks, yeah. mate.